Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Our young people up front worshiping, amen. And I know from experience that a youth ministry cannot always undo everything or fix everything that we do at home. We just partner with you. But I also recognize that the move of the Holy Spirit in our youth in large part is on the shoulders and the responsibility of our youth pastors. And we are delighted this morning that we have such great youth ministry team under the leadership of uh, Andrew and Jess Ham. And uh, so this morning, it's, you've got the distinct pleasure of getting to hear kind of what they hear on Wednesday nights. And uh, we're going to start having Pastor Drew. Uh, uh, I, I told him about, what was it, three, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I came out of a meeting and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, I have a responsibility, talking to me. I have a responsibility to develop the gift in him. God's given him to me to develop. So that's what part of this is going to be. You're going to begin to hear from him on a regular basis because we need multiple voices in our body. Amen. And God is raising Drew up, and I just appreciate what God's doing through him. So would you give a huge thank you to our youth pastor, Pastor Andrew Ham, as he comes to bring the word this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I am honored to be here this morning. Um, you guys know that, just know going forward, I am the youth pastor. So, you know, most of the time on Wednesday nights, we speak for about 20 minutes. So I'm going to try to triple that this morning for you guys. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. So uh, we've been in this series called Hidden Figures, and, and I'm going to pick, pick, pick it up and end it uh, this week. And, and so for me, uh, one of my favorite desserts is cake. I don't know how many, how many people love cake. I, now, ice cream, I can take it or leave it for the most part, but give me some cake with some buttercream icing, and that is, that is all I need. That's all I need. You can ask my wife um, for our wedding, the, the groomsman cake. It came home with me, and it came on the honeymoon with me, and <laughs> that's, it, was, it was wonderful. You can ask her. She knows how much I love to eat cake, and it, it's a, it can be a problem for me. And um, I usually leave the baking part of cake to the professionals because I want to be able to actually eat the cake and I want to enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, I remember growing up, I would always, you know, help my mom make some cake. She would make cakes. She'd make pound cakes, a lot of different stuff. It was wonderful growing up there. But I would help every once in a while. Then one time I was in the kitchen and I was helping and, and I saw something that shocked me. It shocked me. I was like, what are you doing? She put salt inside of the cake mix. And I'm like, what is going on? I, I was so thrown off, and, and I, it put me back. And so I did what any other, like, middle school slash high school age kid would do, is I, would, I put my finger in the icing, and I just went on about my business. I didn't ask any further questions. It wasn't until recently that I went back and I looked and I, and, I, and I saw the reasoning behind putting salt inside of cake. And there's this article that I found on the Internet from uh, The Science of Cooking. And it said, the main focus of salt in cake is to, en is to enhance the flavor of the other ingredients. Its presence perks up the depth and the complexity of the other flavors as the ingredients meld. 
And that's where I want to stay this morning. God, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I pray that your word will speak truth to us this morning. May it not be my words, but may it be your words from your mouth. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about hidden ingredients. Hidden ingredients. I know that I'm not doing myself any favors this morning, Pastor Steve, talking about food. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's just like, remember, I'm the youth pastor, so it's going to be fast, um, and we'll be able to get to food. So if you would, just focus in for a little bit. But, but I, I like the way they put it, saying the main focus of salt and cake is to enhance the other flavors, to enhance the other ingredients. And, and we can look at the, at, the, at the story of Christ, and we can see that, that he came to serve, not to be served. And so we could say he came to enhance the people that were around him. And as Christians, we're called to live by his example. And so I want to look in a, in a scripture in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. And this is a story that a lot of us know. It's a story about when Jesus performed a miracle in feeding the 5,000. And, and before this was happening, Jesus had just sent he had just sent his disciples out two by two to go and minister and go cast out demons. And, and then this is them. They came back and they started telling him what. And we pick up here in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. I want to pause right there for a second and recognize that Jesus had just told his disciples that they needed to find a place of their own. They needed to find a solitary place, a quiet place. They needed to find a hidden place. Let's pick back up in verse 33. But many who saw him leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a huge crowd, he had compassion on them. Why? Because Jesus is here to serve. And he's here to, to, to enhance the ingredients around him. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. By this time, late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it is very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Remember what I said about Jesus wanting to enhance the people around him. Look at, look at his answer. But he answered, you give them something to eat. He didn't want them to like, hey, hey, send them home, make them leave me and go get food, find, find food for themselves. But he said, no, you find them something to eat because he wanted to enhance their lives. He didn't want to just send them and have them fend for themselves, but he wanted to meet their need. That would, and then they, were, they said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see what they found. Go and see what, go and see. What they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to all the people, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up into heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he, and then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full, 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately, Jesus 
made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, this is important, he went up to the mountainside to pray. See, there's two levels of this that I want to talk about. The first level is, is, is a more personal level. It's a more personal level. The first thing I want to address is how Jesus he, at the beginning and at the end of this miracle, he expressed how important personal devotion was. He expressed how important it was for you to have a place to go find and be by yourself and find rest and also pray. That's important. It's important for you to rest. It's important for you to pray. It's important for, for you to have a quiet place to do those things. If you look at Jesus' life from since he was a boy, he often found himself alone. We look when he was 12 years old. He, he, he left his parents. He left his parents and he was in the temple for three days. It might have even been more than three days because it was three days before they realized he was gone. He went, to go, he went there by himself to be in the temple. And then, and then before, before he went and started his ministry, what did he do? He went out into the wilderness by himself for 40 days. And we see before Jesus gives his life on the cross, he takes his disciples, they go up to the, to the garden. Then he, even with the disciples there, he goes off a little further to have a place by himself to pray. It's important for us to have that, have that place. It's important for us to have a place where we can get alone. Let me tell you this, your quiet place is like salt in the cake. Your quiet place is like salt and cake. Your quiet place is an opportunity for you to enhance the ingredients that God has placed in your life. If you do not have that quiet place, you're not giving God a chance to, number one, refill you, and also to develop you, and also to to become more of who you are. The second thing I I wanted to point out about this miracle is is in this miracle accounted in all, this, is, this miracle is in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The same account is there. And in and, and all of them, except for one, they do not mention where the bread, where the fish came from. So the first, the first thing I want to mention is, is the personal level, but now I want to I look at a more corporate level. If we, if we turn in our Bibles to John chapter 6, and look at verse 9. This is the same account, and I'm going to read this one verse, and this tells us where the bread and the fish came from. It said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? You see, this detail was only mentioned in John. It was only mentioned this one time. So why is that important? Why, why, why is this something that, that, I'm, that I'm pointing out to you guys? Because I want you to know most of what you do will go unnoticed by most people. Most of what you do will go unnoticed by most people. See, most of us, we see Pastor Steve only once a week. We see him on Sunday mornings. We see that and we think, okay, Pastor Steve, he's a pastor. He preaches. That's all he does. Yeah, he got, he got. we see all of that, but, but we don't see, we don't see he's, him spending countless hours praying, countless hours preparing, spending time developing leaders, 
to make sure that passion accomplishes the goal that is set before us to encounter God, to equip people, and to engage in culture. It's almost like you guys are smart, and you guys have probably watched the Discovery Channel. I've watched the Discovery Channel a lot. Um, it's almost like a, a, an iceberg. You know, you, when you see an iceberg, there's only 10% of it that is above the water. And the rest of it, the actual, most of the mass, 90% of it is hidden below the surface. And need I remind you that all the things that Pastor Steve does, he would not be able to do if he didn't have a hidden place. If he didn't have a personal devotion time. If he tried to do it without having a personal devotion time and all he did was sermon prep, all he did was, was pour into people, pour into leaders, and do all that, he would burn out quick. He would burn out quick. And the same thing would happen to you and me. You mean, know, oh, I'm not Pastor Steve, I'm not, but you, but you are ministering. You have a ministry. You may not be up here speaking from a pulpit, but you have a ministry and you are pouring into just as many people. The boy that had five loaves, he had no clue what he, what, what, what he was going to do that day would impact more than probably around 10,000 people. He had no idea. He, he wasn't looking for it. He, he, just, he, just wanted, he just wanted to be able to like give his bread to the Son of God. I just want to give my bread to this. He's asking for it. I want to give it to him. He had no idea what was going to happen. He didn't know if he was even going to get the bread back. But he gave it. And that's where we have to get. We have to get to the point where we are willing to do whatever it is that God asks. No matter what. No matter if we get credit. No matter if anyone notices us. No matter if anyone says thank you. No, we have to be willing to do whatever it is that God is asking us to do. It's ironic because at the end of this account in Mark, they said they had fed 5,000 men. And so 5,000 men mean they, they were only counting the adult men. They weren't counting the women. They weren't counting the children. So this boy, this boy that had the bread and the loaves that fed everyone, he wasn't even counted. When they took attendance, he, didn't, they, he wasn't even someone that was counted. He wasn't someone, they, they never named him. I looked, I looked and, 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 and it said that they just called him a boy or they called him a lad. And that's not, that's like less than a boy. It's not, it's not just saying like he was a young boy, but he was like younger, like he was just a lad. Like that means like they were emphasizing that he wasn't, he didn't count. His heart reminds me of some people that you may have heard of. David, hidden in the field, watching sheep, willing to face lions and bears. I want to tell you something. He was in the field. It wasn't like there was a crowd of people watching him shepherd. It wasn't like people like, oh, man, I saw you kill that bear, bro. That was nice. It's like, yeah, it was. I put it on my Snapchat. That was cool. No, there wasn't anyone there to, say, to, to, to point him out and like say, hey, man, you did a good job. No. In fact, he wasn't even counted amongst his brothers. When the prophet came to anoint the next king and he and got all the sons of Jesse, you know who they didn't bring? David. 
And he even gave Jesse one chance. He asked, like, hey, is this all of your sons? He's like, yeah, this is all my sons. Oh, wait, there's David out in the field. He wasn't even counted, but he was willing to do whatever it was that, was that God had put in front of him. Joseph. Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was thrown in prison for something that he didn't do. But while he was in prison, there were two people that were in prison with him, and he interpreted their dreams. He interpreted their dreams, not, and, and he, he didn't even know that anything was going to come back around. He's like, I'm going to interpret your dreams. And he said, hey, but if, you, if there's ever a chance, you know, don't forget about me. But that wasn't why he did it. But God revealed him in due time. God, God, made, God, God, God elevated him when it was time, but at first he was in prison. No one watching him but he was still doing the will of God. I don't know if we have any more room for complaining or excuses when we look at their lives, when we look at the things that they overcome, the things that they still did in the middle of nothing. And that leads me to this. The more you are willing to do hidden will be the more that God will be willing to reveal you. The more you're willing to do without being seen, the more God will be willing to reveal you. I want to be a worship leader on Sunday. Maybe that's something that you want to do. You want to be a worship leader. But if you're not worshiping by yourself at home in your closet, come on. I want to be a pastor. But if you're not willing to come early and be a part of the prayer team when someone asks you, I want to start a small group. But you don't want to be a greeter because when you come here on Sunday, it's about, it's all for me. I want people to greet me. Sunday is for me to get full. Sunday is for me to, to get a word. You see what I'm talking about? We have to make it not about ourselves. And it's not, about, it's not just about when we walk into this building. It's about our lives. When you're at your job, I deserve that promotion. What are you talking about? I did, why didn't I get it? What are you going to do? And it leads me to this. You need to be salt, not salty. You need to be salt, not salty. You see... As you're baking a cake, you have to be sure that you don't put too much salt in, in the cake. Because if you put too much salt in the cake, it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. It's not gonna, if you get to the point where you can actually taste the salt in the cake, it's not a good cake. I don't know, I don't know where or how this salted caramel stuff like came about. I've tried it. It's not good, y'all. It's not. It's, if I want salt, I'm going to go get me a, a, a fried egg. And I'm put me some, if I'm not, I don't want it in my coffee. I don't want to taste it in my caramel. <laughs> but we have to be careful not to put too much salt in the cake because if you do, it's going to be salty. And what does that mean for us? So when we gather together as a body of Christ, who do we see? Do we see the body of Christ or do we see you? 
Do you taste the goodness of God or do we taste your saltiness? That's a question you have to ask yourself. It, it, it's something that, that you always think that would never happen to you, but yet it happens all the time. Jesus talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going to turn there. We don't have time. But, but when you don't, he, he talks about not doing things for show. When you give, don't give for show. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. When you pray, don't pray so people will look and see you and how good you're praying and all these big words you're using. If the only time you pray is when someone asks you to pray and then you pray for 30 minutes, hey, man, we just asked you to pray for the food. <laughs> when you fast, don't make it obvious. If God told you to fast something, you don't need to, all right, guys, I'm fasting Facebook. Just turn it off. Don't tell anybody. It's, to put it simple, it's don't draw attention to yourself. Instead, point people's attention to God. When we leave for here, what really matters is when people's hearts are turned to Jesus not how good the worship is. Not how good the set is. Not, how, not, not how, how good you open someone's door. Yes, that is needed. And we're so thankful to have a great anointed worship team. But at the end of the day, I want people to remember Jesus. I don't need you to put me on your Snapchat. I don't need you to put me on your, on your story. I want you to put the lives that God changed. And if you're, if you're salt, then you're the one who comes in expecting God to use them to help the people around them. If you're salt, you're the one that comes in and expects God to use them for the people who may be sitting in their row. That's the difference. That's the difference. If you're salty, then you're expecting people to serve you. You're expecting people to, 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 to do all these things for you. It's so important because the person working in the green room, when you could be struggling, the person there working with you could be struggling with something that you have no idea about, but you're so caught up because you're not being used to your full potential. It's like, I can't believe they got me signed up in the green room. I want to do something else. I want to do this. I want to do that. You're so focused on yourself, and you're missing what's happening right beside you. Somebody's hurting, and God has placed you in the green room, so you, in that moment to where you can just reach over and maybe just give them a hug and say, hey, is everything Okay. But if you're focused on yourself, being salty, you're not going to be able to be salt in their lives. This is my last thing as I start to wrap up. You need to give what you have. Give what you have. We look at the boy in this account, and it's widely to believe that he's from a poor family, that he didn't have a lot of money. Because when we look at the bread and the fish that are described, if you dig a little deeper, that is the meal that a poor family would have. 
Barley is the same grain that they would give to their, their animals. They would, it would be the same, you know, like what they do when, when they put horses and the muzzles on them and they're eating the oats. Like, that's the same thing that this, these loaves are made of, what they would give to the animals. And this is what this boy had. He had barley and he had, and, and it said, and, and you can go back and read it in John 6, verse 9, it said that it was too small fish. Too small. I, to me, it doesn't matter. There's 10,000 people here. It's, it could be two big fish. It could be two medium size. It's just two fish. But he said it's two small fish. I can imagine this boy or even the disciples that were bringing this boy to Jesus. And they probably were, probably were asking themselves this question. It was like, man, there's thousands of people here hungry. And I'm bringing five loaves and two fish. What, a, what is Jesus supposed to do with this? All these people are here, and the best that I can come up with is five loaves and two fish. This isn't even the best bread. These people probably eat good bread. I don't know what good bread would have been in that day, but they probably have good bread, and they actually have butter and stuff to put on their bread instead of pickled fish. What if they don't even like my bread? I think sometimes we end up talking ourselves out of what God is wanting to do through us. There's all these people in here and God wants to use me. I don't have as much talent as they do. What if they don't, what if they don't like my singing? What if, what if they don't like how I do this? What if, what if, what if all these people God wants is the best, I'm the best that he can come up with? But what we don't know is when we give God what we have, then he will take that and he'll perform a miracle. You serving in passion kids, you don't know, but you could have a student there that is called to reach thousands. And you showing up early just to turn on the, turn on the check-in station. Like, turn on the, just me turn on the check. What's God going to do with me turning on the check-in station? But it could be the difference between a family coming like, oh, they have a check-in station. They care about the safety of our kids. So we're going to keep coming here. They want to know my phone number. And they're going to keep coming. And then it's an opportunity for that student to meet God. You opening up someone's car door could be the difference between them going home changed or going home and maybe struggling with the thought of suicide. Could you imagine if that boy wasn't there with the five loaves and two fish? What if he's just like, you know what, man, they're walking over there. They're following Jesus. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go eat my bread by myself. What if he wasn't there? What if you were right up next to a miracle, were right up next to you impacting thousands, and you not even know about it, but instead, it's like, man, I'm tired. 
I'm tired this morning. It's raining a little bit. I'm going to just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text my leaders, like, hey, can you have someone else volunteer for me today? Can you, can you have someone? Or maybe I just, I'm just not going to show up. No one, they're not going to miss me anyway. I'm not going to text my friend and see how they're doing. It's late. I don't know. Maybe it's just I just feel bad. You see, you can have all of these ingredients. You can, you can say, you know what, I have salt. I want to be salt in someone's life. But if you don't actually add it into the mix, it's not going to work. You can go to the store and you can buy the salt. You can get it down from your cabinet and sit it beside the mix. But if you don't actually put it in and stir it up, it's not going to work. You can come here and you can sit and you can listen. And I understand that there's times where you need to come and sit and listen and you need some healing. And that's when someone else has a chance to be salt in your life. But this morning, I want to point out, if you come here and God is calling you to be salt, but you don't add yourself into the mix. So I end with this. These are the two hidden ingredients that I talked about this morning, and I want you to remember the first hidden ingredient is your quiet place. You need to have your quiet place. You need to have a a time where you can find rest and a time where you can get alone with God. And allow him to impart himself into your spirit. And the second thing is you need to be selfless. Just like this boy, he had no idea what was going to happen. This probably wasn't even enough food for his family, but he was willing to give it away. God, I thank you. I thank you for bringing us here this morning. And Lord, I just pray right now that if there is someone here, if there's someone here and, and, and they need to make some changes in their lives to either, number one, to put, a quiet place in, to put a quiet place in place in their lives, or if we've been selfish, if we've been salty, if we've been having everything be about us. God, I just pray that right now you are just showing us and your Holy Spirit is convicting us. God, forgive us. if we've put ourselves in front of you. God, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And when people come into this place, I want them to recognize you and your presence and not mine. Right now, the first ingredient is a relationship with God, and I know that we have two people that have already accepted Jesus Christ this morning, but if there's someone here, and maybe, maybe as this sermon went on and, and, and God began to speak to you a little bit more, if you need to make that decision, that is the decision that you need to make first. The first, this isn't a, this isn't a hidden ingredient. This is the first ingredient, period, and that is a relationship with God. And God, I pray that if there was someone there that right now they are making it a relationship and they are saying yes to you. God, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you guys leave today, if you're not involved and we want, and if you want to get plugged in, this is a great way for you to get in the mix. To get in the mix. 
So outside, if you want to sign up, if you're not plugged in and you want to get plugged in, we have these. If you go to the, to the board out there, we have the, we're going to take your picture there. We're going to fill it out there. If you're not plugged in and you want to get plugged in, if you are plugged in and your picture's not out there, go out there to the board and make sure we get your picture and get you up there. We just want to honor you. We want to honor you and say thank you. Thank you for being salt. We love you and we thank you. Pastor Steve, won't you come? Come on, give it up for Pastor Drew. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.